Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday, May 29th, 2014 meeting of the Board of Supervisors, Neighborhood Services and Safety Committee. My name is David Campos. I'm the chair of the committee. Uh, we are joined today by committee member, uh, Supervisor Norman Yee and committee vice chair Eric Marr is uh, excused. The clerk of the committee is Derek Evans and we wanna thank the following members of SFG TV staff for covering the meeting today. Uh, Jesse Larson and Jonathan uh, Gomwalk, thank you for your service. Mr. Clerk, do we have any announcements? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of documents to be included in the file should be submitted to the clerk. Items acted upon today will appear on the June 10th, 2014 Board of Supervisors agenda unless otherwise stated. Thank you very much. Uh, before we uh, move to the one item we have today, if we can have a motion to excuse Supervisor uh, Mar, so a motion by Supervisor Yi, if we can take that without objection, without objection. And now if you can please call uh, the one item we have, uh, item one. The item is the ordinance revising the health care security ordinance to require all health care expenditures to be made irrevocably to establish a city public benefit program known as the Health Care Access Assistance Program to describe the public benefits available under the three component programs, Healthy San Francisco, Covered San Francisco, and Health Access, Healthcare Access Accounts to set certain eligibility requirements for program participants and to set an operative date of October 1st, 2014. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, this is an item that I have uh, included in the agenda and I want to thank uh, my co-sponsors so far, Supervisors Avalos, Kim, and Mar, and this is a long time coming. And uh, before I, I go into uh, sort of the key points that I'd like to make, I, I once again want to thank uh, the City Attorney's Office and specifically Sherry Sokin-Kaiser for the amazing work that she has done uh, jumping into a very complicated uh, issue. Uh, and. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. We would not be where we are today without the uh, excellent legal work that they have provided. And once again, to thank uh, my uh, Chief of Staff, Hillary Ronan, who has been working on this issue for a very long time. Uh, over the last two weeks, uh, I have been working with the Department of Public Health uh, with the objective of developing uh, amendments to this legislation that address some of the concerns uh, that I, uh, that we have heard. And uh, as, as we discussed at the last hearing, uh, there are many items included in this ordinance, but the, the two main points uh, that, that uh, the legislation deals with are one, the closing of a loophole that has been in existence for a number of years and that has left uh, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, unavailable to workers in San Francisco. And we know of at least 26,000 workers that, are, that have been impacted by the existence of that loophole. And then the second piece of the legislation is what happens as San Francisco moves forward in the implementation of the Affordable Care Act. And the legislation essentially tried to do uh, what we uh, believe needs to be done to uh, make sure that we maximize the access that every San Franciscan has to health care and quite frankly codify 
some of the very same policies that the Department of Public Health had indicated they would follow, like the idea that people who qualify for the ACA, uh, who are currently in San Francisco but may not be able to afford the ACA, uh, are not going to be kicked out of healthy San Francisco. The intent of this legislation was to do precisely what the Department of Public Health had said they were going to do. Uh, and I believe that when uh, the specifics of what the Department of Public Health proposes to do in terms of compliance with the Affordable Care Act and maximizing access to San Franciscans, I believe that when those specifics are finalized that the specifics will look very much like what we have proposed. Be that as it may, while we believe that the Cover San Francisco portion of the program uh, is a workable program that essentially lays out uh, a way for San Francisco to ensure uh, that every worker, every resident is insured, I understand that there's always a need for flexibility by city agencies. So we are open and prepared to work with the uh, Department of Public Health to give them uh, the flexibility. We have distributed uh, to the committee and there are available to members of the public uh, a set of amendments that I will be making today that address the specific issue of what happens with the ACA implementation and the cover San Francisco piece of the ordinance. The amendments that I will make today direct the Department of Public Health to develop its own plan to ensure that the employer health care expenditures made to the city are used in a manner to get as many workers insured as possible. The amendments and the set of amendments require that the Department of Public Health develop this plan by August 1st, 2015, and that the Department of Public Health seek approval of whatever plan they develop, not only from the Health Commission, but also from the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, and that all of this happen in a timely fashion so that we can implement that plan uh, to oper uh, for the 2016 Cover California plan year. In the interim, the Department of Public Health uh, would continue to operate the city option in a manner that is consistent with the guiding principles and key findings of the 2013 Universal Healthcare Council in the final report that they issue. I believe that these amendments will accomplish the objective uh, of closing the loophole while at the same time giving the Department of Public Health the flexibility it desires to develop a plan that it feels comfortable about administering. So the main thrust of what we're doing, though, and the important key, uh, the important component uh, which we have been working on for years is that we finally close the loophole in the ordinance so that workers uh, are no longer denied between 80 to $90 million a year in money that would help them and their families, including their children, uh, to have uh, basic health care. I call upon my colleagues today at the committee to join me in supporting sending this legislation to the full board. Uh, I also want to take the opportunity, and I know that we're going to hear from some folks during public comment, I want to take the opportunity to thank uh, both sides of this issue who have taken the time to meet with me. Uh, I especially want to thank the workers who have had the courage to come forward and to speak about the challenges that this loophole has created for them and their families. Uh, this is truly uh, a long time coming, 
and it couldn't happen at a more important time. San Francisco is facing an affordability crisis, and as we speak, San Francisco, arguably the wealthiest city in the country, has the fastest growing inequality in the country as well. And the gap between the haves and have-nots keeps growing. And it is only fair, consistent with the values of the city of St. Francis, that we finally ensure that the tens of thousands of workers that have been denied access to health care with money that was always intended for them to use to provide health care for themselves and their families, that they finally have what the law always intended to provide them. So with that, I, I thank my colleagues for their consideration and, and seek their support. Uh, unless there are any comments uh, or questions, I would like to ask the Director of Public Health, who is in the audience, uh, Director Garcia, to please come forward. And we appreciate your presence here today. And uh, wanted to make sure that I gave you the floor to provide any comments you'd like at this point. First of all, uh, thank you, Chair uh, Campos. Uh, Supervisor Yee. Um, particularly to you, Supervisor Campos, and to your Chief of Staff, Hillary, we want to thank you for the flexibility that you provided us. I think we all have the same goal, uh, and no matter what the program may look like, the ultimate goal is to get people insurance, and I think that's both of you, uh, both uh, you and I uh, have that same goal in, in mind. Um, we just may have to have different roads to get there, um, and this flexibility will give us uh, that opportunity to ensure that people, as many people as we can, get covered by insurance. Um, to strengthen healthy San Francisco is another area that we would really like to look at as well. Um, as you know, the more people we can get on insurance, the stronger healthy San Francisco will be for those who cannot afford and also are, do not qualify for the ACA. Um, so we are going to work very diligently. Uh, we're already going to be working with our health, local health plans. I also have the San Francisco health plans full commitment to us to work with us as a potential third-party administrator for this program and any administrative role that they can help us with ensuring that we understand how health plans work. Um, there's a lot of complications in their own IT systems, um, but we feel like we can get through that and ensure that uh, those who um, need this assistance for out-of-pocket support as well as insurance, and that'll be all of our goals. Uh, we'll also be going forward to the Health Commission in the near future to talk about the fact that we are going to continue the effort to provide for those until this program is in, in implemented for those who cannot afford it. We also see in the future that that may be uh, continued for those um, individuals who may not qualify for the particular program we're working on, uh, but we still need to have people have medical homes, and Healthy San Francisco will be there for them. We will also look at uh, the request, um, and I have, uh, I think, very positive support from the Health Commission to move forward on expanding Healthy San Francisco for seniors, for those over 64 who do not qualify for ACA. And so we'll be moving forward on that. Um, I also like to thank my uh, deputy director who was here at the last meeting, who uh, was able to represent me well um, in terms of this program and that also helped with your staff to ensure that we have the flexibility um, to make the commitment that we can get more people on insurance and that everyone in San Francisco will have health access or health insurance. So, Supervisor Campos, thank you for the flexibility. Thank you very much, uh, Director Orsi. If I may ask you just a quick question, ma'am. Uh, I just want to make sure that with respect to the dates and the timeline that's provided in the amended ordinance, uh, which uh, uh, 
would be that uh, th that the department developed a plan by August 1st, 2015. Is that something that the department, you know, is comfortable with? Does that give you enough time? Yes, I think that's very comfortable. Um, we are working as fast as we can on this, and um, we believe that that date is, uh, is a reasonable date. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, I know that uh, we also uh, have someone from uh, the Office of Assemblymember Tom Amiano, uh, Nadia Conrad uh, Waifa. And uh, I want to make sure that she, uh, that we give her an opportunity. And again, you know, we would not be here today uh, in terms of uh, having universal health care in San Francisco without uh, the amazing work of Tom Amiano. And we know that he has been fighting this for a long time uh, to make sure that we have access for everyone in San Francisco and uh, that this is a top priority for him. And so we are grateful for his leadership. And with that, I'll turn it over to Nadia. Thank you. Um, it's great to be here this morning. Thank you to uh, the committee for hearing us. Uh, again, I'm here. My name is Nadia Conard White, and I'm here on behalf of Assemblymember Tom Amiano to read his statement in support of uh, Supervisor Campos's ordinance. My goal when I introduced the health sec care security ordinance as a supervisor was to ensure that every San Franciscan had access to health care. I wanted to remove as many barriers as I could. We've seen the city become a model for making care available. However, there are still improvements needed. I'm glad Supervisor Compost is here to carry on the vision that I had when drafting the health care security ordinance. Supervisor Campos has been working diligently with the Department of Public Health on compromised language for amending the health care security ordinance. These amendments will help close the loophole in the ordinance and maximize the uptake of San Franciscans with health insurance. The amendments will also direct the Department of Public Health to develop a plan for using the employer contributions for medical reimbursement accounts for the workers so they are able to access health insurance. This will make sure that those employer dollars will be used in the right way to help people get health care. When Covered California took effect, we also found people were falling through the cracks, still unable to afford insurance. The compost ordinance will take care of that, creating a safety net and allowing more San Franciscans to access the coverage they need. The city has a great opportunity here. We can amend the health care security ordinance so that it works with the Affordable Care Act to make health care truly affordable for all San Franciscans. We need to make sure everyone's health needs are met because it benefits all of us. Thank you. Thank you very much. And again, we thank uh, Assemblymember Amiano for his leadership. Uh, unless we have any comments, do you have any comments? Uh, I would like to open it up to public comment, if that's okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Supervisor. Uh, if I can actually call upon, uh, I see here the President of the San Francisco Labor Council, Mike Casey, uh, to give him an opportunity to please come up. Uh, and uh, I think we have a a manageable, manageable size in terms of the, the uh, audience that so we're going to do three minutes, which is uh, the regular time that is usually allotted. Mr. Casey, thank you for being here. Okay. Thank you, Supervisor Campos. Um, my name is Mike Casey, President of Local 2 and uh, President of the San Francisco Labor Council. I just wanted to note that um, 
eight years ago when this legislation was initially passed, um, and I think it passed unanimously, um, it was determined that there would be two tiers. Two tiers, one being for larger employers, uh, second for smaller employers. Um, I was involved in those discussions and those meetings. I remember uh, the discussions that ha actually occurred within uh, the mayor's office when Mayor Newsom um, pulled uh, Supervisor Amiano at the time um, and other leaders together to talk about what this legislation would look like. And it was determined that there would be two tiers, not three tiers. In fact, what has occurred as a result of this loophole is there's been the creation of a third tier, a third tier which is exempt. There were no exemptions. There were no exemptions at the time. And that third tier of employers who have uh, been able to uh, get away with taking back the money under false pretenses for many of the employers who have actually, uh, restaurant employers who actually put a, uh, an amount on the check that should be deducted for health care that often goes back into the pockets of those employers. So that's fraud. Um, and I remember at the time that there was a clear understanding that this was just a start. Nobody even imagined at the time that it wouldn't cover everybody. In the meantime, hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that should have gone toward health care of poor and working families has been uh, kept away from those workers. It's gone back into the pockets of employers. Um, I find it amazing that, and unbelievable that we're here today uh, in 2014, eight years later, um, not able to clearly understand that this is fixing something that should have been fixed a long, long time ago. Um, I commend you, Supervisor Campos, for trying to do this two years ago. I think it was a very uh, dark day when the Board of Supervisors uh, compromised two years ago, and I can only hope that we can fix this once and for all. Um, it was never intended to have a third tier. Workers excluded or exempted from this legislation. Um, at the time that legislation was passed uh, unanimously, um, I like to believe that there has been progress made over the last eight years and that San Francisco um, is an even better city when it comes to taking care of its poor and working class who don't have the uh, advantage of health care. Um, to think that we are yet again um, facing um, the possibility that this could be compromised once again or possibly possibly uh, deferred for an extended period is Thank unbelievable. You. I really hope that we can close this loophole once and for all. Thank you, Mr. Casey. I'm going to read a few more names. Uh, Michael Paul Polizano, Merrill uh, Buell, Dana Vinikoff, Dina Lamb, and Steve Sarver, and Gwyneth Borden. Please come on up. And if you can line up uh, on our left, what would be your right to the aisle? Uh, thank you very much. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, my name is Michael Paul Polizano, and, and I'm uh, recently on the board of San Francisco Organizing Project Peninsula Interfaith Action. But more importantly, I'm a 62-year-old native San Franciscan who was back in the house I grew up in on 10th Avenue, Supervisor Eric Amar's uh, district. And I was compelled to come today because 
attending the meeting last week at the Board of Public Health. I was um, discouraged as a polite word after the meeting um, because it was basically roughly 15 uh, in favor and one gentleman um, against. And I just want to, I want to fully support and SFOPM uh, PIA is, uh, wants to th uh, support closing this loophole. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Next speaker. This one. Good morning, Supervisors. I'm Meryl Bice, Director of Healthcare Coverage and Access at the San Francisco Community Clinic Consortium. The consortium is a partnership of 11 nonprofit community health centers who serve over 90,000 San Franciscans, more than 10% of the city's population. I'm here today to support this legislation and illustrate why it's desperately needed, because Covered California is not affordable for the many San Franciscans who are currently enrolled in the Healthy San Francisco program, but eligible for Covered California. Last fall, I had the pleasure to train 115 staff from the Department of Public Health and the consortium clinics on how to enroll people in the Covered California. Many of these dedicated staff have been working with the clinics and the Healthy San Francisco population since the program began in 2007, and they know these patients very well. They were so excited to learn about the new full-scope insurance program and the prospect of helping people enroll. Well, when we got to the part of the training about the cost of the premiums, the cost of the co-pays, the cost of the deductibles, their eyes got very wide, mouths dropped open, and gasps were heard across the room. Cover California is significantly more expensive than the Healthy San Francisco program, and these staff knew the first time they saw the sticker price that it was going to be unaffordable for their patients. I had staff who were very upset, even angry. They had so wanted to be the bearer of the good news that affordable insurance was here for everyone, and now they were faced with the prospect of telling these hardworking San Franciscans that co their coverage was going to be out of reach for many of them. This wasn't the job they wanted. Unfortunately, their fears were realized. I've heard countless stories from these staff and directly from people I've worked with and assisted that the current covered California costs are not affordable. One man told me his wife couldn't sleep at night knowing that they really could not afford even the least expensive plan. And if they could scrape together and borrow enough to cover the premiums for a few months out of the year, they'd never be able to afford the co-pays and deductibles if they got sick. So what good was the insurance? So on behalf of all these San Franciscans, we're asking the board to make full scope insurance coverage more affordable for more San Franciscans as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to read a few more names. Uh, Caroline Samoa, uh, Amber Bauer, uh, Carolyn, uh, let's see, uh, Scott Hagee, Brenda Berrios, Ariana Casanova. I apologize if I mispronounced any of your names. Good morning. My name is Dana Vinikoff. I'm a leader also at the San Francisco Organizing Project Peninsula Interfaith Action. We represent tens of thousands of families in San Francisco and the peninsula. As part of the PICO network, we helped bring the Healthcare Security Ordinance and the Affordable Care Act into law, and we want to see them work together to bring health care to the most possible people. The um, Mayor's Universal Health Care Council agreed on a few principles, one of which was that health care should be paid for by the broadest possible coalition of the community, of employers, of the employees themselves and of government. And for this reason, the loophole has got to go. It is unfair to other employers 
who have been paying what the law requires, and incidentally, what the Golden Gate Restaurant Association fought all the way up to the Supreme Court, which said, no, this law is the law. It is valid, constitutional, and binding. And then they figured a way to get around it. It is unfair to employees who don't get their health care paid for by employers who are using loophole. And it is particularly unfair to restaurant patrons who for so long paid an extra portion for their meals in a good cause, happy to be supporting health care for their employees, and they didn't realize that three-quarters of that money was not going to the health care and that that is entirely unfair and just the least little bit fraudulent. So thank you, supervisors, for your support of this ordinance, and please bring it to the full board and get it into law. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Hello, supervisors. I'm Dina Lawn. I'm the vice president for policy and advocacy at the San Francisco Community Clinic Consortium. I'm just here. To, I'm here to say that uh, we are proud to be um, San Franciscans today because there was a problem. Uh, the supervisor and the Department of Public Health worked hard, and Hillary Ronan has um, made huge efforts. And we've all worked together to bring a modified um, version of this ordinance. So I think. I just want to say on behalf of us and all the patients we serve, 90,000 patients in San Francisco, mostly very low income, uh, we are particularly going to be glad to be able to say to the seniors that they don't anymore age out of uh, healthy San Francisco if for some reason they're not eligible for Medicare. And we're just um, proud that we've been able to bring this, uh, get this together and get it passed. We hope to get it passed and be able to tell our patients some good news. So thank you very much for your work. Thank you for your hard work, too. Next speaker, please. Thank you, Supervisor Campos, for your leadership on this topic. I'm Steve Sarver, owner of San Francisco Soup Company. Um, while I think we agree that we definitely want good health care coverage for workers in San Francisco and residents in San Francisco, I think we'll, we'll disagree on how we accomplish that. Um, I'm afraid that the biggest problem we have in our city right now is affordability. And it's affordability for everything. Um, and while healthcare is a high priority, I think affordability is a higher one. And I'm very concerned about the healthcare security ordinance and this new version of it, what that will do to affordability in the city. Um, the problem with the law is it's the law of unintended consequences. When we try to middle with meddle with the free markets and we're not careful, we can have unintended consequences as we have seen over the last few years. Um, what happens with the health care security ordinance is the, the employer mandate, and that affects certain businesses differently than other businesses. And the problem is some businesses can easily afford this and other businesses just simply can't. We talk a lot about the restaurant industry. and. How, does, how has the restaurant industry dealt with this? Clearly, there have been some bad actors. People have been collecting money in, the ser in, in service charges that were not applying it properly to health care. However, overall, a certain amount of money has been collected, and businesses have been able to survive over the last five years, or however many years we've been in the health care security ordinance. But I think everyone understands and agrees that only whatever the number is, 25% of the money has actually been spent. If businesses have to actually spend 100% of that money, 
that 4% surcharge that you're seeing now has to become a 14, uh, 16% surcharge. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that the only way businesses can manage this increase, these increased real costs, is going to be through price increases, which will make the city of San Francisco even more unaffordable to those who can least afford it. And this is going to have a ripple effect through the entire economy, on top of the increases in minimum wage that we all know are coming, very dramatic increases in minimum wage. Personally, I prefer a single-payer health care system. I think everyone in our country, everyone in our city should have good health care. And I think that there must be another way, other ways of solving this problem rather than forcing employers like myself who hire people who have low skills and have to pay 20% more for health care or for, for employing these people. We should be, we are proud, I am proud of hiring the people that I hire. And the problem is Thank when you, you hire people at the lower end of the wage scale Thank you. and you have to pay more, it affects them even worse. Thank That's you. the problem. Supervisor Campos, Supervisor Yee, Gwyneth Borden, Golden Gate Restaurant Association. I'm going to focus my comments primarily on the irrevocable portion of the legislation. I think what you've heard from many of us, we agree that we would like to see more people covered under Covered California, and if there's a subsidy model that works, that makes a lot of sense. One of the issues of our concern is, though, if you're pulling the funds, if the funds are going anywhere other than an MRA account, then technically it's a tax, and if it's a tax, then it should be dealt with differently. And I think that we've always said that we would be interested in talking about a tax if our goal is to make sure that we can provide insurance to the broadest base of people across all segments. The other issue is that the city's own MRA is 54%. So I think that there's a misconception that money sitting around that were recaptured after 24 months because employees didn't spend it was simply because people didn't simply because employers were being mean and cruel. The city's own MRA is only at 54% utilization, and that says that there are people who have these accounts who don't need them. Some of those people are people who have insurance already because under the employee spending requirement of the city, if your insurance costs less than the hourly spending requirement, you still have to meet that requirement in another way. The health reimbursement accounts were birthed out of the fact that employers needed to meet a dollar amount, not related to insurance. We've always contended, especially now with the implementation of the Affordable Care Act, <coughs> that this law should be amended to allow employers that provide insurance that's ACA compliant, which has a threshold of a 9.5% of income expenditure, that those people should, should not have an additional spend. We additionally contend, especially because of the individual mandate, that if an employer offers insurance, then they shouldn't still be on the hook for creating account for them because those people have declined insurance that has to be affordable to them by federal law. The other thing that's really problematic to us is that because of the change of the Affordable Care Act, for smaller businesses, those with less than 50, it is much more challenging in this environment to provide health care. In some instances, it will be easier for people to get better, better deals in the exchange. And I think that that's a real problem that we need to look at. Businesses also have the same cha challenge of binding plans. And when their employees don't take those plans up, it makes it very difficult for them to provide affordable insurance. I'm thinking we really need to look at who is actually in MRA accounts, who are in HRA accounts. There are many of those people who actually don't need covered San Francisco. 
They're in them for other reasons. Let's change the law to make it more compliant with the Affordable Care Act and focus on providing insurance. I think that's what we all really want to do. Thank you. I'm going to read a few more names. Uh, Maureen Dugan, Connie Four, Kathy Burek, uh, Alyssa Messer. Good morning, Supervisors Campos and Yee. My name's Carolyn Samoa. I'm the Vice President for Paraprofessionals for United Educators of San Francisco. I'm also a working special ed para in SFUSD. I represent paraprofessionals who are low-income workers in SFUSD. I know the struggle it is to keep health insurance and to make ends meet. UESF supports compromise because it will close the loophole to make sure money goes to working people. It allows the Public Health Department to come up with a plan to cover working San Francisco. We appreciate co-sponsors Supervisor Kim, Marr, and Avalos, and we applaud Supervisor Yee for his commitment to close the loophole. Now let's hope Mayor Lee and the Board of Supervisors move on to help cover all working San Francisco as the Affordable Care Act is implemented. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Hello, my name is Amber Parrish Bauer. I'm the political director with the San Francisco Labor Council. And I just want to applaud um, Supervisor Campos for just being so steadfast in your work on this issue. Um, and also the supervisors who have come forward, Supervisor Yee, in support um, uh, and with the political will to really close this loophole. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with uh, the, some of the workers that are affected by this. Um, and, you know, this, this is not about... Uh, not wanting to use the money or not being able, it's about not being able to use the money. And I get to go back today, hopefully after this vote today, and say, you know, this city does work for you. We do care about you. We have worked for years to close this loophole, and you guys deserve this money. It's your money. Use it for health care. And um, this is what the intent of the legislation was really brought about to do. And I really feel like we're, we're making a major step forward, and I appreciate um, deep, the work of DPH on this on this issue to bring it forward and thank you again um, and for all the supporters here as well thank you very much next speaker um, hi my name is Brenda Barrows I work in DPH at, at one of the primary care clinics and um, I'm so happy this is coming forward this is something that's been needed and I think one thing that hasn't been talked about is how what that money could be spent on to improve people's health care outcomes, which is also one of the purposes of uh, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, education for patients uh, to keep them healthy before they end up in problems or in the hospital could be expanded. There's so many things that need to be expanded. Specialty care needs to be expanded in order to absorb all these people. In primary care, it needs to be expanded so that we can get everybody in and uh, people can stop having the problem of not being able to get an appointment. Um, and these are the things that I see. And so thank you very much, Supervisor Campos, for bringing this forward. This is something very solely needed. Those of us who work in healthcare on the ground providing these healthcare for these people, we all know that it's something that has to happen. So uh, thank you very much and keep moving. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Ariana Casanova, political coordinator, SEIU 10 to 1. Thank you, Supervisor Campos. I also want to thank Supervisor Mar, Yee, um, Avalos, and Kim for their support on this legislation. It is really important. I am glad we are getting closer to having 
a legislation that does close a loophole. It is a critical thing to close and that we continue to provide health care for all in San Francisco. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Scott Hauke, Cal Insurance. Um, let me start on a personal note. I, I own a small business. I have 28 employees. I provide insurance. I pay 100. If you can speak I pay 100 percent for the insurance. And this year, for the sixth year in a row, um, I got over a 10 percent increase. I got a 15 percent increase. That all raises the issue of affordability. Um, a lot of businesses don't have the margins that I do, and they just can't afford that. But the two comments I'd like to make is, first of all, I think before moving through with this, I think it's important that we get a statement from the federal government that this is legal. Um, we know that the Health Reimbursement Act was found to be standalone, was found to be illegal, um, and we would contend that you need a statement from the federal government saying that it is. Um, the other thing that's important on that <coughs> is that if you set up an HRA account now, and if it was determined, well, if you set up an HRA account now as a standalone, you're subject to a $100 a day penalty. Um, if the MRA was found to be similar to the HRA, the businesses that now are using the MRA could be subject to a $100 a day penalty. So I think it's important that we get a determination from the federal government. The second part is if you go into an MRA, um, that doesn't, if you've got over 50 employees, that doesn't meet your obligation for ACA. So you would have to pay everything for the um, HCSO, plus you'd be subject to $2,000 per employee penalties over and above that. I think this needs to be looked at more closely and hope you'll consider that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Maureen Dugan. Uh, I'm a registered nurse at UCSF, longtime uh, San Francisco resident. Thank you to Supervisors Campos, Mar, Avalos, Kim, and my supervisor, Yi, for your work on this. Um, I'm speaking in favor of closing the loophole and ensuring that patients get all services, access to services, and needed services. Access is a, is a huge issue. Um, I see when patients finally get access, they struggle to get the basic and the needed follow-up care. Um, many healthcare workers across all disciplines struggle, whether they have uh, limited insurance or no insurance, and I just think it's a tragedy. Uh, obviously, I believe healthcare is a human right. It's a tragedy in this wealthy city that basic known services um, we struggle to provide for patients. So thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Supervisors, Connie Ford from the San Francisco Labor Council. One of my new jobs is to be out in the Bayview Hunters Point organizing over 10,000 of our members who live there. And I want to, I want to tell you something about the statistics there. This issue, this issue about closing the loophole is about providing access to every single San Franciscan. Without closing this loophole, we're missing the $90 million that is owed to them. In the Bayview Hunters Point, people know that they have 14 years fewer to live than folks that, that live in Soma or Rincon Hill. That's despicable, and that has got to be changed. This 
won't change the whole thing, but this is another step. I'd also like to quickly address we need more time. We've been doing this, as both of you supervisors know, for over eight years. We have been studying it, things have changed. This loophole closure will provide more access to folks who really need it, and that's the key. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Kathy Burick, uh, City College teacher, AFT 2121, and Richmond District resident. Um, thank you, Supervisor Campos, um, and Kim, Mar, Avalos, and Yi there. As, as a teacher at City College, I know that we have a lot of students who are in the low-income jobs. We've done a lot of rallies with local, too. A lot of our graduates from our culinary arts and restaurant hospitality programs um, start to work with local, too. And I know that it's really, really important. Anything we can do to close the loophole and make sure that our, our graduates and our workers get the health care that, that they deserve is really important. Um, my godson, for example, works three jobs. He can no longer go to City College. He's so busy trying to make it just to pay rent. He doesn't even have a cell phone these last three months, so I know he can't afford health insurance. Um, and beyond City College, just in my neighborhood, the other day at my local market, the woman who is always smiling when I send money to my niece to help pay for her health care um, through Western Union, she is glum that one day because she found out her sister with the new Affordable Care Act is going to be $700 a month and she doesn't know how her family is going to be able to afford it. So any way that we can support making um, affordable health care really affordable through any channels, I strongly support I am the only person, I think, in my family that has a job that has health care. And it's um, really difficult to watch them suffer. Thank you very much. Next speaker, and any member of the public who has not spoken but would like to speak, please come on up. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Elisa Messer, City College of San Francisco, AFT 2121, and the San Francisco Labor Council. I want to thank the supervisors for bringing this forward and for your leadership, Supervisor Campos, on this issue. Um, a week ago, I, a week ago at this time, actually, I was watching more than 50 nurses cross the stage at the City College of San Francisco graduation in their white caps and gowns. It was a very celebratory moment, and in fact, we had many gradu graduates. San City College of San Francisco trains more healthcare workers than any other institution in the Bay Area. It is an important place, but unfortunately, I know that those, those nurses, those newly graduated nurses who were crossing the stage, I know that my students in my classes, whether they're working in the restaurant industry, in, um, in all sorts of places in San Francisco, frequently can't afford healthcare and go without healthcare. I see it all the time. They tell me their stories all the time. This, closing this loophole is incredibly important, and we thank you for your leadership on this. It's been more than eight years. There is $90 million that goes untapped that I know from talking with my students that they don't know about, that they don't have access to. And so we need to do that education, but we also need to ensure that we close this loophole so that San Francisco students, so that all of San Francisco has access to health care, including our immigrant communities and whatever else that we can do. This is a very important start. It's an important move. So thank you for your leadership. It's time to do it, and let's close the loophole. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there any other member of the public who would like to speak who has not spoken? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Again, I want to thank all the members of the public uh, who have come out. Supervisor Yi. Thank you, uh, Chair 
Campos. Um, first of all, I want to thank um, uh, Dr. Garcia, who came out to articulate their uh, Department of, of um, Public Health commitment to really look at this situation and, and create a successful program. Um, I also, like um, uh, Mike Casey and many others, um, I'm here to wanting to make sure that we close the loophole on, on this issue. The, uh, and yes, I was out at City College uh, to look at, I guess, one of the largest graduating class from City College in history. Uh, and these are the young people that will really need our help in the future. And I think this, this um, and I'm really happy that we gave, uh, continue this item for uh, a short length of time to strengthen the language so that we, we assure that we will have a successful program. So um, not only will I um, want to uh, make a recommendation that we send it out to the full board and with a positive recommendation, but I also would like to co-author at this point. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Supervisor Yi. And uh, why don't I make a motion to uh, amend the legislation along the lines that have been outlined before and you have a copy of the amended language. Uh, and if we can uh, amend that, and the motion is to amend it. Uh, so we, have, we can do that without objection, without objection. Uh, before we vote, I just want to make a couple of points, and, and I'll be very brief. Uh, but uh, again, I want to thank uh, all the speakers that have come out. Uh, and you know, the thing about these policy uh, differences is that sometimes there are good people who have different perspectives, and I understand and respect that. Uh, but I do want to provide some context. Uh, yes, affordability is the issue of the day in San Francisco. But you cannot talk about affordability and only focus on housing. A big component of a city being affordable is the ability of any individual to actually have access to health care. And the reality is that someone is paying for what's happening right now. And what's happening in these businesses is that these businesses, to the extent that they're not spending this money on health care, they are balancing their books on the backs of workers. And so the question is not whether or not something needs to be done, but whether or not the status quo is correct. And I have a problem with 26,000 workers being denied access to health care. And I appreciate some of the comments that were made and the reference to those people who are supposedly, uh, you know, have low skills. They're still people. They still have health care needs basic needs and the fact that they may not have the high skills that, that, that others may have does not mean that their kids are not entitled to see a dentist once in a while. Does that mean that if a woman is pregnant that she doesn't have the right to go see a doctor to make sure that she has a healthy baby? Having low skills does not mean that somehow you're not going to have access to the very basic thing 
that a human being needs, which is health care. And I want to I want to note and I want to close today with a quote of someone that I admire who talked about the importance of healthcare and said, and that's Dr. Martin Luther King. And this is what he said. Of all the forms of inequality, injustice in healthcare is the most shocking and inhumane. I believe that Dr. King spoke many truths and had many points of wisdom. But I, I am really appreciative that he captured how critical and how basic healthcare is to anyone's existence. It doesn't allow someone to live in San Francisco and to afford to stay in San Francisco if they have housing, if at the same time their kids are sick. That's why this is so basic and so fundamental to who we are. So I'm very proud to uh, have the co-sponsorship of Supervisor Yi. I want to thank you, Supervisor. Again, I want to thank all the people that have come out to, to speak on this item. And so with that, if we can have a motion to have this item move forward with a recommendation. Make the motion with the uh, moving forward the, the um, ordinance uh, with its amendments. So motion to move this item forward as amended. We can take that without objection, without objection. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, do we have any other business before the committee? There's no more business, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Meeting adjourned. Thank you.